1: fans, welcome to the FairStyle Podcast on a Friday. Yeah, it's not a normal day for the podcast for us, but we wanted to get a special guest on. We had a chance to talk to John Wilner, who covers the Pac-12, get his reaction to all the USC football news, and talk a little bit about tonight's Pac-12 championship game coming up uh, on ABC between Oregon and Utah. If you have any questions or comments for the show, please email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Dot com or you could call or text us at 424-254-9141. Leave us a voicemail. Send us a text. We do love to hear from you. So two parts of this show. We'll start off with uh, John Wilner, my interview with him. Recorded that just a few minutes ago, so we'll play that. And then at the end of the show, I will do my best to answer all the questions that you guys have sent in. Some upset USC fans at the news that Clay Helton would be returning. So we'll get... Uh, John Wilner's reaction to that, what it means not just for USC but the entire Pac-12. Even though the Pac-12 is celebrating the opponents of USC, the other ele- the eleven schools outside of USC. John Wilner, a little you know, tale of caution. Maybe you shouldn't be celebrating. You need USC to be good for the whole Pac-12 to be nationally relevant. So, uh, but USC and the Pac-12 nationally relevant tonight. Maybe not so much USC. USC is involved because they are still in the college football playoff rankings, but Utah. Uh, and uh, Oregon are going to be on a national stage tonight. No uh, competition, and there's a real possibility that one of the Pac-12 schools makes it into the college football playoff. That would be Utah. So we'll talk to John Wilner about that as well. And the way you know USC being relevant sort of as a side note is because Oregon beat USC and Utah lost to USC. Um, So they're still kind of involved. They're still a ranked team in the college football playoff. And how will that come out when the rankings come out? this Weekend, and we find out all the bowl. So, we'll find out on Sunday where the college football playoff, uh, you know, who'll be in it if Utah's in it, and then also what that means for USC as far as the bowls go. Because, uh, there's a you know decent chance that USC ends up in the Alamo Bowl, which is really the number two bowl in the Pac 12 standings, even though USC is firmly in number three behind Utah and Oregon. There seems to be a really good chance that, uh, you know, if Utah doesn't even make it to the college football playoff, that you know, they would go to the Rose Bowl, say, and then uh, Oregon could go to like the Cotton Bowl or vice versa. So, if both Utah and Oregon make uh, New Year Six Bowls, or one of them makes the College Football Playoff in Utah, and then Oregon ends up in the Rose Bowl, that would move up USC to the Alamo Bowl. So instead of San Diego in the holiday, they would end up in San Antonio uh, and playing, you know, someone from the Big Twelve. So, would be a better bowl for for USC uh, to go to. All right, we are joined by the great John Wilner. Follow him on Twitter at Wilner Hotline. He's with the San Jose Mercury News, the Bay Area News Group. You have to check out the Pac-12 Hotline newsletter. Make sure you're getting those emails going to your inbox because it is great stuff in the Pac-12. He does an amazing job keeping everyone abreast of what's going on in this Conference of Champions. Thanks for coming on, John.
2: Uh, Hey, thanks for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. Nothing to talk about.
1: No, you know, there's nothing. Well, today, so we'll we'll get in that first and we'll get into the USC stuff. You're, you know, I, as we're talking, you're about to leave your house and drive down the freeway and go check out uh, Levi Stadium where Utah and Oregon will face off. Um, what are your thoughts, you know, going into this Pac-12 championship game?
2: Well, I mean, it's a great opportunity for the conference, right? Because for the first time since 2016, uh, there's a playoff. Implications with this game, and it's on ABC, and so and there's no competition, so it's uh, you know it's kind of a big stage with uh, significance, and the conference needs a good game, right? Ten to three ain't going to cut it this year. No. They, gotta, they need both team both teams to show well. They're going to have both teams play well. They got to have controversy a controversy free game, and uh, see what happens to the Utes. They got a good chance.
1: Yeah, it seems like it. I didn't really, I didn't have a lot of confidence that the system would work out in the Pac-12's favor. But it's you know, with with Oklahoma staying behind, Utah now Oklahoma gets to play a higher ranked opponent in Baylor. Um, I mean, I, anything could happen, but there, it seems like a real shot that even if Utah doesn't make it in, that at least Utah and Oregon could potentially both be in New Year Six polls too.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, I think the conference has already won to a large extent just by being in the conversation here, the last week of the season, right? Cause the last two years, the PAC 12 has basically been out of this thing in early November and it's no different than conference USA in terms of the national conversation. So even if Utah loses or even if Utah wins, but doesn't get in, the PAC 12 has at least participated, you know, at a seat at the table uh, for this conversation during these couple of weeks when you know, everything is all about college football, really. So, that, in that regard, I think they've already won. Uh, in terms of the playoff ranking, you know, I suspect that the committee, uh, they may not have done this consciously, but they kind of gave themselves more flexibility by leaving the Utah ahead of Oklahoma, right? Because oh, yeah. if, if they had moved Oklahoma ahead, and then – Oklahoma had not looked good, but won. what were they going to do? Move them back down, <laughs> True. drop, you know, drop them five days later. So this way they can, they basically have free reign on to keep it like it is or to move Oklahoma ahead. They're not really boxed in at all.
1: Yeah. So the good news is the PAC 12 is nationally relevant again, uh, not really a huge concern for many of our listeners here on the Peristyle podcast. They want USC to be nationally relevant again. And I know we've been messaging back and forth. The Pac-12 could really use USC to be nationally relevant again. But with the news this past week, uh, bringing um, Clay Helton back into the fold, uh, you know, I read your 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 column was really good on this one. Just it seemed like a really crazy decision. I don't know, what what is what is the impact of USC bringing Clay Helton back, and how does it you know impact the entire Pac-12? I mean, it's
2: it's the impact the repercussions to me are significant on a whole bunch of layers, right? Uh, it's significant for USC and Pac-12 recruiting in Southern California for the next you know year or more. Uh, it impacts recruit, West Coast recruiting for the LSU's and Alabama's and Clemson's. Uh, it impacts the division race next year and the conference race next year. And maybe even beyond that. Right. I mean, who knows? We could get into a groundhog day. This is kind of what, what I wrote a little bit about yesterday's. You can see this getting into groundhog day, you know, they're nine and three next year. Well, let's bring them back one more year. Then they're eight and four, nine and three. And they just kind of settle into this, this pattern where he keeps coming back, uh, and then you know there are I think there are potentially some long term repercussions for the conference right because the the TV deal is going to get renegotiated in, in about you know three three years they're going to start talking they're going to get to the table with ESPN and Fox and whoever and they're going to start talking and how USC is doing at that time is going to be important for the value of the Pac-12 football content. Uh, I mean, if you think back to 20, you know, they negotiated this current deal in, you know, basically the fall of 2010, the, the winter of 2011. So what's happening back then? Well, I mean, SC still kind of coming off that Pete Carroll dominance, right? They're still SC. Uh, Stanford is in the Orange Bowl. Oregon is playing for the national championship. Pac-12 football was really in the spotlight and had a lot of value to, to the distributors and they need to have that again in, in a few years. And USC is a big part of it. It's the number one football product, a uh, college football product in the number two media market, which is really the number one college football media market, right? Cause New York city doesn't really care.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, having SC thriving in the f- fall of 2022 and playing you know, ABC primetime games that are drawing big numbers is going to be important for the Pac-12 when they negotiate their deal. And, you know, if you if you deconstruct that situation all the way back to right now and you wonder, can Clay Helton get them to that point? And can they be at that point, given the rec- state of the recruiting in the class of 2020 and 2019, which are going to be critical classes for, for that season?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, your uh, column, one of the, I think I quote tweeted this in the past 13 months, USC has zero division titles, zero wins over Notre Dame, and two letters uh, to constituents explaining why Clay Helton was being retained by their athletic directors. Uh, it just seems like, like you said, it's a Groundhog Day thing where it's over, this is happening over and over. Clay Helton continues to survive. This is his third athletic director, if you can believe that. Um, I, yeah, I, I know Pac-12 fans outside of USC or, you of, uh, you know, Figueroa are celebrating, but like you were saying, it just, this isn't going to help the whole Pac-12 to have a, a mediocre USC for another year in kind of the state of limbo.
3: Uh, I don't
2: think so. I mean, just, you just think about what would the big 10 be like if Ohio state was in this situation, right. And not contending for the playoff every year. Um, what would, what would the big 12 be like, you know, if Oklahoma was struggling, right. And those, those conferences have, you know, the big 10's got Michigan. That's a national program. The the big 12's got Texas, the SEC's, you know, they got Bama and LSU and, you know, name, name your school. Pac-12 does not, you know, Washington traditionally has been good. Uh, Oregon's been good the last decade or so, uh, but the Pac-12 doesn't really have an equivalent of Texas or Michigan as opposed to USC, Oklahoma, and, and Ohio State. So that, to me, that makes Ohio, or makes USC even more important to the collective, right? And, and we see it all the time. We're seeing it with the Warriors right now, right? The NBA ratings are down. People like to have a villain. Yeah. And the best, the best situation for Pac-12 fans is for USC to be really good and then for their team to beat USC Yeah. because that's the best of both worlds. And if USC is not really good, the whole thing suffers.
1: Yeah. You need that good villain. And uh, USC now tends to have a good villain or seems to have a good villain. Uh, they made, you know, made some changes in the, uh, you know, st- uh, leadership structure, I guess at USC bringing in Carol Fult as the president. And then Mike Bone about four weeks ago as the athletic director uh, a lot of a lot of hatred uh, on the USC fans towards those two leaders. And we kind of wrote something in the war room about, you know, we we believe Mike Bone came in with the understanding he was going to hire a new head football coach. And obviously that did not happen. And and in your column, you were putting more of the, the blame on the feet at the feet of uh, Carol Fult than Mike Bone. Maybe if you want to explain that we were hearing kind of the same things, but it seems like it's more of a higher level thing decision to not uh, get rid of Clay Helton.
2: My, in my opinion, this is entirely on Carol' fault. Entirely. Wow. I I don't yeah. know for sure that that's true, but that's what I believe. And uh, exactly what conversations happened between Carol Holt and Mike Boehm when he was talking to her about taking the job, I don't know. But this is her call. There's no question. It has to be her call because when you think about the trustees and the donors and, and the, the level of influence and power that this has wrinkled, I mean, it's not the AD, it's the president. And, you know, she has made it pretty clear since she, from, from kind of my view, she's made it pretty clear since she got there that she's running the show. And there's a lot to be said about that. And what the changes she made with the trustees, you know, the rules for the trustees and all that. So that's great but it's you know this is on her and uh i i got a kick out of her didn't she say that uh like you know she she was um uh, uh pleased with mike bone's decision yeah. i don't remember exactly what her words were something but, like that yeah, yeah but she's pleased yeah like right sure she's pleased with his decision she sees the reaction she's putting it on him i think
1: i yeah i agree with you there too and uh you know you feel bad for a guy like mike bone that's coming in I don't think you take this job thinking that you're going to keep Clay Helton. You're, you're taking this job to hire the next football coach. And, you know, for whatever reason, coming down from careful, whatever it is, it that, that didn't happen. And now, and I've, I've said this from the beginning, his the most important decision he's going to make in his tenure is going to be in the first, you know, 30 days, what he does with Clay Helton. Now he's public enemy number one. He can't tweet. Uh, Carol Folt can't tweet. They can't do anything without getting ratioed, and every, all the fans just jumping on them. I don't. Do you, do you think they kind of underestimated how passionate? Or I don't want to say how passionate. The, the fans are passionate, but how united the fan base is. Usually, you don't get this kind of unity where there's a there's like you know people on both sides. It just seems like all the fans, John, are don't want Clay Helton back, and they are letting the administration know about it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's fascinating. It is. Uh, you don't often see it 100% or not even 90% uh, in one way. Uh, you know, I don't know what bones got to be thinking. And certainly you'd think he is his backed into a little bit of a corner here. Uh, I don't know what he can do. Uh, and I certainly don't blame him for not having a great grasp on the, fan base and the sentiment of the fan base he's only when was his first day on the job like November 10th or something yeah you know uh so but she's been around since July and she should she should know better or she should know what she doesn't know that's a big thing with presidents and chancellors the best ones know what they don't know and whether she told Mike Bone you take the job uh and you you know you can hire whoever you want or whether she told him you take the job and the decision is yours, right? That's two different things. It could be that she lets him to make a decision and he wants to keep Elton, but I don't get the sense that this was the decision and the direction he planned to go at all. And it will be very interesting to see what happens with the uh, ticket sales and donations and not only ticket sales, but sweet sales. Uh, and also what happens if they get, clocked in the bowl game yeah that would be <laughs> and what happens if uh, if if they don't have an offensive coordinator I mean you know the best thing about their team was was the offense and and if if he gets hired wherever UNLV goes to Texas as OC I don't know but then look what if you what if you lose your offensive coordinator and then you get your clocks cleaned in the bowl game oh my gosh that'll be a hell of a nine months
1: It's already just, it's going to be a headache for me, a nightmare just trying to, you know, the fans are so upset at this and I, you know, it's hard to blame them. You you know, fan is short for fanatic. They can be crazy, but I mean, John, it's hard to blame them. They've seen this, they've had, they've been fed this line of bull like for, you know, a couple of years now and then they get new leadership and they get the same line and maybe it's not, you know. Mike Bones fault or whoever, but it's, it's, I, I get the fans why they're upset because they've lived through this. Like you said, it's like groundhog day over and over and over again.
2: They have. And, and the to me, and I'm not an FC fan, I'm just looking at it from the outside, but what would really, I mean, what the real gun put gut punch would seem to me is that the administration is saying we're okay competing for a division title. We're okay. Yeah. trying to beat Utah and trying to beat Oregon and Washington. And not, we're going after Ohio State and we're going after Oklahoma, right? Because it's basically the administration saying the history, eh? Forget the history, and that's that's a huge deal to a fan and you know young fans, old fans. When you're you're basically saying, you know, the standards that we held up for ourselves for what fifty years? I don't even know, seventy five years? Eh, that uh, that doesn't matter anymore we our, our peer group is Utah and Oregon and that can't, I mean, that doesn't get seven. You got seven natties, right? Uh, at least now I know I'm going to hear from some of you, some of your listeners that it's more, but AP poll seven natties. Uh, so it's just gotta be hard to take.
1: Yeah. They, that fans really don't like the bar being lowered. And when you're talking about, Hey, we're this close to winning the South and, and they don't care if you get you got blown out by Oregon. That's what they care about, or you get blown out by Ohio State, or or Notre Dame, or beaten. You know Notre Dame once in the last five years. That's the kind of stuff that the fans care about. So they feel like the bar's been lowered. And you know, for Clay Helton to come back, you know, last after last year's debacle, and say he's going to focus on discipline and turnovers, and for USC to be, you know, among the worst in the country for both of those areas. I, I just think, you know, the, the whole good guy narrative, the, all that integrity stuff. I think you talked about this in your column. That's not enough. And, and the fans know it. And I think that's why they're just so upset right now.
2: I mean, all you got to do is look at where they rank in penalties for his tenure. And I mean, that ain't going to change, right? I mean, you can't change the uh, Swan statement. You know, uh, you can change his staff, And you can eventually change your personnel, right? But it takes, what, three, four recruiting cycles. And you can change your scheme. But the thing you cannot change unless you change the head coach is the culture. Yeah. And to me, that is, from there, it all, everything falls, good or bad. You know, Washington, in contrast, you know, you got Chris Peterson stepping down. But Washington, despite going 7-5, and they have a great culture in that program. And you can see it manifests itself on the field with, with how they have played over the years and discipline, right? They play hard, they play discipline. SC, I mean, it's, the effort has been pretty good this year, but over the sweep of Helton's career, the, the effort's not always great. The turnovers are there and the penalties are there. And that is not going to change unless they change the culture and you're not going to change that unless you change the head coach.
1: Yeah, you have to. And then... you some of the statements that, have, that were coming out and, and Clay Helton that released his own statement and sort of like, you know, some of the things you talk about about putting like the finishing touches on an amazing recruiting class when everyone knows it's not an amazing recruiting class. I feel like the, the decisions were, were poor, but then also the follow up, the statements and stuff, you know, Mike bone statement read a lot like Lin Swan's statement last year. And uh, you'd like to go back and re, you know, revisit that. And then Clay Helton's statement and where you're talking about, you know, excuses for injuries and and say you're going to put the finishing touches on an amazing recruiting class. It it just uh, seemed like it fell on deaf ears from all the fans.
2: Well, I'll tell you what Mike Brown's statement to me read like it. Well, what it didn't read like it didn't read like a new AD who's come in and has been blown away by the head coach and is all in with the head coach and is, and decided he wanted that head coach back, right? To me, that statement read like it was from an athletic director who is kind of just grinning bearing it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he was like, this is this is what I was forced to do, so here I'm doing it. He also, when he went on the Pac-12 network, sort of blamed the recruiting stuff on the fans. Um they didn't like that either. And, you know, they, they wanting the fans to show up. And, you know, I get it. Like if if you've had like ten great years and you have one bad year and you're like, hey fans, please just show up anyway because you know, we had a little glitch, you know, there's a little glitch in our our plan, but there's no glitch. This has been this way for a long time. And I think the fan base just finally felt there's no way that this can't get fixed now. And then when it wasn't, I I guess that's why they're beside themselves.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just going to, I mean, a big, to me, a big deal is going to be not just ticket sales, but what ha- and it's hard to track obviously because it's a private school and they're not subject to public records requests from schmoes like me, but what happens to those sweet sales at the Coliseum and what happens to the big donations, right? Is the big money going to dry up uh, in protest? And if that's the case, uh, you know, that's going to speak louder than just, you know, than some empty seats at the 40 yard line, to be honest. And and yeah. I, I would, sus- I would suspect that some of the biggest donors and most influential folks are, are probably pretty unhappy. And I can't, you know, it's just going to be real interesting to see that, how that dynamic unfolds with Carol Folt.
1: Yeah. I, I, and you the know,
2: big donors over the next year.
1: Yeah. Sorry, John. Um, so on the, on the, no, our mes- no, go ahead. on the, on the peristyle yesterday on the message board, cause I was curious, um, with so many people will tweet or post, hey, I'm canceling. And I know some people did last year, but I feel like this year it's going to be more significant. Now, we didn't see great attendance in the Coliseum. Again, even though it was renovated and it, you know it's a lot nicer in there. Um, I, so I posted yesterday early evening and probably about a six hour window, I got about 50 emails from USC fans. So this is just on the, you know, these are, this is a private message board, whatever, you know, for um, subscribers. And all of them came with long stories. There was one guy that was like, Hey, if anyone's given up two great seats, I'd like to take them. But all the rest were, I've either I've given it up a few years ago. Like there were some that said, I gave it up when uh, the Sark stuff happened. Some people gave it up last year, but a lot of them were like, I was holding on, holding on, holding on. But now I'm finally giving up my 30 year seats. So, and the, you know, the dollar is it, you know, it was a pretty wide range. There were some people that were just like, you know, a few hundred dollars a year people, but for the majority of them, they were either like $3,000 a year membership people, $10,000 a year membership people, plus a few grand for the seats. Some people get the, you know, the club level stuff like, so, you know, so there was those, there's also like in the six figure people, uh, one guy said he's cutting USC out of his will that was going to be, you know, in the well into these, you know, mid six figures. Um, but for I, just from the the emails I got, I estimated about, half a million dollars for next year and that would be you know those are people that would be repeated every year so just from that group i don't think the the money loss is going to be insignificant just from how upset these fans
3: are
2: well and and uh the bowl game i mean i think the bowl game is going to be important right i mean what is i don't know who they're going to play right but what if they go out and they are bad and it's just it's everybody's nightmare uh manifested itself that's going to carry over to ticket sales too. yeah. And you know, Helton's got, he's got a lot going on, right? They're going to, there's going to be some guys who declare obviously in the next week or 10 days, and he's got to go figure out his staff and he's got to recruit and he's going to try to prepare this team for what, for, for Helton is a pretty important ball game to, to try to kind of stave off this tidal wave and buy himself a little bit of breathing room into the winter and spring, right? Yeah. But if they get clobbered, it's just going to be even worse. And then what, what happens with bone and fault and the, and the donors. Oh my gosh. And then you got Alabama sitting down <laughs> there, right?
1: <laughs> I was going to say, if you lose the bowl game, so at least you got an easy path and- next year. You know, you just start off with an easy win and then yeah. you go.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? They could. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens to Bama. They're going to lose a lot of guys, too, and we don't know who's playing quarterback. But it's not hard to envision a scenario, scenario in which they lose the bowl game and then, and you know, interest drops even more. And then they go and Bama beats them, you know, 38-13. to 13. And can you imagine what the Coliseum is going to look like for – is that New Mexico they got in week two, I think?
1: I think it is, yeah. Uh,
2: New, Mex- New Mexico week two. I mean – Uh, It's going to be empty. It is going to be. You're not going to be able to tell the difference between the Coliseum and the Galen Center. I mean, it's going to be terrible if if that's what unfolds. And there's probably a decent chance that they're going to lose the bowl game and the Alabama game.
1: Wow. Yeah. All right. So it's a you know, Merry Christmas, USC fans. This is what you. (laughs) I feel bad. Yeah. I mean. Yeah.
2: I... I mean. It will be fascinating to see if more information trickles out. I saw there was a report about Bob Stoops, and I don't know what, what you think about that and the fact that they were talking to Stoops and the validity there and all that. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if more stuff trickles out now.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's not over yet. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on, and there's going to be intense pressure on both Carol Fult and Mike Bone Going forward, all right. I know you got to get over to uh, Levi Stadium. John Wilner, follow him on Twitter at Wilner Hotline. He's with the San Jose Mercury News, the Bay Area News Group, and make sure you check out the Pac-12 Hotline newsletter. It is awesome. John, thanks so much, man. Thanks a ton,
2: Ryan. Always love being on.
1: Great stuff there from John Wilner. Let's take a quick break and come back, and I'll answer your questions.
4: to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com odyssey podcast
1: all right we're back here on the Peristyle podcast you guys sent in a lot of questions just over the last couple of days. We answered a bunch of them with Coach Harvey Hyde, and we had some Dan Weber questions earlier, but a lot more have come in. I know this news broke with uh, Clay Hilton returning. Let's start off with a voicemail. It's a little long, but, you know, it's my solo show. I'll let it go this time. Here's a voicemail for you.
0: This is Rob in Yakiya. I haven't called in for a while, but I listen to your podcast all the time. I just wanted to say say a few things, Um, try to keep it as short as possible, but I wanted to hit some points. Um, Clayton's come uh, Helton is coming back he's lame duck Clay that's what he's going to be known as because this will be the second year in a row that he's going to be considered a lame duck coach Um, there's three parts of the team that he's in control of you've got offense defense special teams the only part of the team that showed improvement was the offense the other two-thirds of the team he chose not to make a change with the coaching positions and the only change that he did make showed improvement. So he is negligent in his duties of head coach for not fixing the other two parts of the team that needed dire fixing. Um, they don't practice physical football. When Clay Helton was hired initially, he said he was going to bring back a Trojan, Trojan brand of football. Uh, I didn't realize that that meant we're going to turn into Texas Tech, um, being very, very light on the lines. Um, so I am very upset that he's not being fired. Um, I think that the administration does not want to be great anymore. I think they just want to be decent and not suck basically. And coming in third, being the third best team in the PAC 12 is not acceptable to me. Um, so anyway, I'm going to continue to listen to the podcast, but I am no longer going to watch any football games. I will listen to your podcast and get the the story that way. Um, anyway, fight on guys. Bye.
1: Thanks, uh, Rob, for the call. Yeah, not not very happy, obviously. Uh, yeah, I agree. Clay Helton's going to be a lame duck coach the whole year. I don't I don't even know what he would need to do to be able to, you know, unless they make the college football playoff. I mean, I, well, we said the same thing this year. Like, I mean, the last two years we've said this is what it's going to take for Clay Helton to be to come back. I can't. I don't think you can say it anymore because he keeps coming back. He will not go away. Um, and but he's going to be considered a lame duck for the entire year. And if they if they lose the bowl game, man, it's just going to have some really bad momentum. The administration, uh, yeah, like just wanting to be an eight or nine win team, and everyone keeps their you know keeps their sanity and they don't do anything crazy. They seem to be kind of happy with that where money still rolls in. Well, I don't know if money's going to be rolling in much more. Um, I you know there's a lot of fans that are upset, and so that's probably where things are going to get impacted. You're going to see more. Fans show their displeasure with their wallets. And then I think that's going to get more attention. But, Rob, thanks for the voicemail there. We had, oh, my gosh, there was a, I think this came in for Harvey Hyde, uh, our Trojan by Marriage, Victor in uh, North Carolina. Uh, Victor, that's a message board post. That is not a, he's got questions and observations and uh, it's. Yeah, it looks like a thousand words like that's not a voicemail or I mean uh, an email or text or anything we can read here on the show. So sorry about that. Post that on the USC message board. You got something really long like that. That's a good place for it. I got another one from uh, Dan and HB. Uh, I'll, I'll read a little part of it, but man, it's it's huge. Uh, we can't read all these things. So, you know, if you want to if it's going to be a thousand words, put it in the uh, USC football dot com message board. It'll be great to talk about there. Um, so this is a SC football update from TMD. This is Dan in HB. He says, I would have liked to have seen uh, urban Meyer, James Franklin, uh, or another top guy as our head coach. Sure. Yes, of course. I'm disappointed in the decision made by our athletic. Am I disappointed in the, the decision made by our athletic director and president? Yep. Will I continue as a 32 year season ticket holder next year and beyond? Absolutely. Uh, Will I continue to follow and support the team? You bet. And, and I'll also con- continue to attend five or six basketball games a year. I love the Galen Center. Uh, so he kind of goes on. So, yeah, I think there's some fans that are like that where you're just going to be, you're going to support the team no matter what. And that's great. I think USC is sort of banking on that where how many bad decisions can we make before we start losing people? And there's going to be some fans that it doesn't matter. It's just, I love USC. I love going to the games. If they, you know, if if there's utter incompetence everywhere and terrible decisions being made, so be it. I'm still going to go, and that's fine. I think everyone should do what they want to do. Um, if you just love going to the games, go to the games. I mean, it's fun to tailgate. It's fun to go. They'll win most of them anyway because the Pac-12 is pretty bad. It's just if you care about being nationally relevant, if you care about this team being great again, and that's where the all those fans that are. You know, saying they're going to cancel their tickets and memberships and stuff, they have a higher standard for what they want from USC. And that's fine too. So it's just, it's up to what, you know, whatever you want to do, it's up to you. It's your money. You work hard for it. If you'd rather spend your money and your time, caring about USC football, good, bad, and different, that's great. If you're like, you know what, until they show, if USC is not showing, that they care, like what Rob was saying, that the administration just seems like they'd rather just not suck and everything else is fine. Five and seven is not good, but eight and four, that's fine. And that's not good enough for you. And you say, well, I'm not going to waste my time going to games or spending the money on it. That's fine. You know, uh, to each his own. So you guys got to do what you want to do. I'm not going to uh, say as a fan, you're wrong for doing one or the other. That's, you know, that's up to you. You got plenty of other things you can do here in Southern California or, you know, across the country. There's plenty of other things you could spend your money on. So if you'd rather do something else, if USC football is not bringing you joy, don't don't follow it anymore. Um, you know, still still listen to the podcast, though. You could keep up the you know, up to speed, like or like Rob was saying. Uh, thank you for that, Rob, by the way. But, you know, and if if you're still going to follow him as closely as ever, that's great, too. So it's up to you guys. Text uh, how this is a text message we got. How will USC football gain momentum in recruiting? Now that Helton will be there next year, we definitely need a defensive upgrade. Yeah, so I mean, momentum's gonna be tough because it's gonna be a tough bowl game, but you win the bowl game and there could be some momentum there. Flip some guys in the next couple of weeks for the recruiting class, some big name guys. You know, could you get a Justin Flow or something like that? Get a couple five stars in. That'll build a little bit of momentum. Um, so all those kind of things because you need it going into the season because you open with Alabama, so uh, that's not you know you're you're not going to get a high percentage chance of winning that game. It's not impossible, but you know that's a that's a tough one. So I think you need some off season momentum just for you know Clay Helton's sanity, and you can't blame Clay Helton in this. He's you know is he a great head coach? No, I mean he's he's okay, he's fine, uh, not good enough to be coaching at USC, but. Would you turn it down if someone's paying you like three million dollars a year to to do like your dream job? Uh, no, I mean you can't really blame him. You blame the people that have hired him, and you blame the people that have failed to fire him. Um, but you know if you're if you're doing a job and you're not great at it, and they keep you around, and you're making great money at it, and you know you're not that good, but you're you're doing your best, you're trying. I mean, I, I'm not blaming you for keeping that job where you're, you're you know it's great for you. It's great for Clay Helton to be the head coach of USC. Um, he shouldn't be the head coach really any longer, but that's you know th- that's not his fault. Let's go to AD. I'm sorry, um, I said Mick in Virginia. Question is: Hi Ryan. Every USC fan knows there's nothing that makes sense concerning keeping Clay Helton on another on another second longer. But what if during that 11 day time frame after the season and up to the announcement, Mike Bowen tried to reel in Urban Meyer and Meyer finally decided to decline the offer. But that next year he'd be open to coaching again. Uh, Then it would make total sense for Helton to remain the coach instead of hiring someone else other than Meyer. Bone obviously could never tell the fan base this happened for fear of damaging the the team's uh, collective psyche. I know the scenario might sound a little far-fetched. I guess I'm trying to hold out hope that common sense does exist in our new president and AD. Thanks, Mick. Um, Well, yeah, they're not going to say – he can't come out and say – we looked at other people uh, because that's not, that's not much of a vote of confidence for Clay Helton. Like we couldn't find someone better. So we're just going to stay, stay on Pat. And uh, that's basically, you know, what it seems like happened. Uh, I think, I think there's some opportunities that maybe next year works better for, not just like an urban Meyer, but a PJ Fleck, his uh, buyout goes way down. And also just, the timing for Mike bone works out way better for next year because he's just been on the job for a month. Now I don't think that's a great excuse to not do it. And you know, if you read the war room and you know, talking to John Wilner, he feels that this is all on, on president Carol Fult. And I tend to believe that where, uh, you know, if you put Mike bone up to a tr- you know, a, a lie detector and asked him, did you want to get rid of Clay Helton? I think the answer would have been yes. And uh, so why did that not happen? It seems pretty complicated. Uh, Outside of, you know, coming from the president. But yeah, I I mean, I I don't, but I don't think it was, we're delaying this because of Urban Urban Meyer specifically. I think it's easier to make a decision next year on all fronts. There there might be some better options. Urban Meyer might end up the Cowboys. Who knows? Um, But I I feel like if Mike Bone had his way, he would be rid of Clay Helton. And he's not. Let's see. This is uh, email. What's next? Ryan. Since we're stuck with Clay Helton, I hope he fires Clancy and Baxter immediately. He's talking about Clancy Pendergast and John Baxter. So who would you go after as the next defensive coordinator? I assume we would have to poach someone from a non-Power 5 school. Which school has a strong defensive reputation? Who is their DC? I'm, uh, I guess I'm asking you to put together a shortlist for him. What does Clancy make and how much will USC pay? Also, will he continue to have a special teams coordinator? I know many teams don't. Thanks as always. Fight on Gary, class of 75. Gary, until there's an opening, I'm not going through all the DC stuff. Uh, Sorry. I I mean, and you just don't know. Uh, The defensive defensive, uh, stats have not been great. Uh, They've underperformed there. I know there's been some injuries. My guess is there's going to be a change. Maybe that's a you know Clay's going to be kicking and screaming to get rid of Clancy Pendergast. He's very comfortable with him, but I, I don't know. Um, and you know John Baxter as well. My guess is those those guys will be gone. Will they be gone before the bowl game or afterwards? It's hard to say. We'll know. I don't think we're going to get much of an update from Clay Helton until signing day. We'll get we'll get to talk to him then, and then we could ask all those questions, and we might hear about uh, guys making changes. So I don't think you have to get a non power five school. Defensive coordinator. It's like things aren't that bad, um, but you know it might be harder to get somebody knowing that it could just be a one and done sort of thing, because you have a guy that's on the hot seat. But uh, if you can get someone strong, that, that you know they potentially could be an interim head coach. Um, so that there's a that's the appeal. Where yes, Clay Elton is probably gone after this year, almost no matter what. Well, I, I I can't say that because we've said that year after year, and it's just not happening. But you, the assumption would be. If he's a lame duck, uh, he would be gone. But if you're a strong candidate, then you could potentially be the interim, and then have a you know showcase if he gets fired in the middle of the season or something to take over the program. And that's what happened with Clay Helton; he got to be the head coach for you know over four years now. This is from Giles Miles. Question for Ryan: uh, Ryan, in the past, you have been adamant about wanting the new athletic director to be someone who is a total outsider with no connection to USC. It is easy to see the logic in that line of thinking. You know why? Because it's logical. Uh, Given past disasters, but maybe hiring a university president and AD who are outsiders and do not, quote, get USC can also have a serious downside, as we now see. They, quote, do not get how important our football tradition is to our identity, and they, quote, do not get how serious uh, seriously, the fans at X players take our football program and they quote, do not get our legendary football traditions. Maybe we should not be surprised when they make decisions that obviously prove that they don't get it. Thoughts, Giles Miles. Hey, Giles, no, I mean, I don't buy that. I think Mike Bowen understands how important football is. I think, I think Carol Fold even understands. I mean, maybe not to the same level. Um, if you would, you know, bring this back, I think she completely underestimated how devastating it would be to bring clay helton back and that could be the people around her aren't letting her know as much as it is i think mike bone was probably pretty adamant about this is what i want to do bring things back and if carol says no then that's your boss and there's not a lot you can do but not having outsiders is how you're in this mess like not having competent people is how you're in this mess it's not just who cares. you know did lince get usc well the, if if he got usc why did he give Clay Helton an extension when no one was trying to hire Clay Helton. Like, I'm not. I'm not sure that Lin Swan really gets USC. Does he? He knows the football program is important, but that doesn't. It didn't help his decision making. I mean, Pat Hayden made so many bad decisions. Does he get? Does he understand how good USC is or how important the tradition is? Well, why did he make all those horrible decisions all the time? So yeah, I I don't buy that uh, Giles Miles. But thanks for the question. Let's do a voicemail. Here we go. You know. Sitting
3: in my room, just hoping against hope that this Feldman tweet is not true. But I'm thinking back to the Utah game, which was a great game and a great victory for USC. But at halftime, I saw something that disgusted me to such a degree that I had to call this hotline, and I'm blinging the hotline again. Carol Folt was honored. At halftime by the band when she hadn't even accomplished anything yet. They honored her at halftime in like the second game of the season. They crowned her and look where we're at. Anytime she sets foot on campus, she needs to get food. Anytime her face appears anywhere near any Trojan Athletics, she needs to get food, and the worst part is it won't even make a difference because we let our voices be heard. Every single Trojan fan, the statistics Ryan posted on Twitter, 95% wanted Clay gone. We did our job as fans. We didn't attend games. We protested in every way we could. We let our voices be heard in every way we could. And Carol cracked all over us, and we honored her at halftime.
1: Thank you for the voicemail. Yeah, that was uh, you know the second game of the season, I guess it was, and they honored Carol Fult. Not sure they're going to be doing that again uh, at any of the football games coming up. It's going to be a problem, and we saw this uh, during the 5-7 and seven season where any time Clay Helton kind of showed his head on the, the vision board or whatever, people were booing. And they had to stop like comments on Instagram posts and things like that. Any time anytime we see Carol Fult or uh, Mike Bone tweet, they're just inundated with angry USC fans. And that's why they need to build some momentum to kind of get, you know, get fans to forget about that a little bit and get, you know, focused on the task at hand. And then, you know, that was why it was really important in 2019 to US for USC to start on a strong note, not go three and three, because then you lose the fans are gone. And next year, it's going to be a lot tougher. You lose Alabama early. People aren't going to really care as much. So thanks for the voicemail. Let's get back to emails. This is from Don. The only way this makes sense is if Urban told Mike Bone he needs another year in the booth and then we will come. Um, yeah, I mean, that. I guess there's some, you know, that we talked about that a little bit. There's the possibility of something like that happening. I don't think that was the case, but, um, I, you know, like we said, this came from above uh, Mike Bone in my opinion, and John Wilner agrees. Mike in Santa Barbara, uh, hi, Ryan and Keeley. Well, Keeley's not here, sorry. First of all, thank you for your outstanding coverage of the absolute debacle over the last several weeks. I wanted to chime in briefly to take umbrage with your thought on tunnel vision that Clay Clay's reference to, quote, uh, outstanding 2020 recruiting class was optimistic and just Clay being Clay. I know you were being kind. His comment actually speaks to the heart of the matter. In my opinion, it was disingenuous at best, outright horse poop at worst. As Dan says, for example, I'm five foot nine. But I tell people I'm six foot five. Is that disingenuous or disingenuous or an outright falsehood? It's ridiculous to uh, to people I know. People hearing clay who don't know might think we actually have an outstanding class in 2020. The reality is we are at the bottom of the pack twelve. And, the top 20, and of the top 25 recruits in the state of California, none have committed to USC. Uh, that is not outstanding unless you are using sarcasm. One last point. This is one reason why people are upset with Clay Helton. Rather than acknowledge problems, he uses platitudes as if we are stupid. He rubs people the wrong way. He could have said, quote, we now must get back to work closing the 2020 class to be the kind of outstanding recruiting class people expect at USC. That would have earned my respect. Thank you and fight on to blank Uh, Mike at Santa Barbara. Hey, Mike, I think that's a great way to put it. You should say something like that. You can't say this is an outstanding recruiting class. And then, you know, it's really the uninformed fan that say, oh, I guess we have a good recruiting class. That's great. No, that's not the case. Uh, And all the, but all the fans that know what's going on know that that's bull. And it just is. And um, I loved my analogy of. You know, if you, it's, the finishing touches are, you know, if you're building a house, you know, you're talking about hanging pictures and and all that kind of stuff, not, you know, painting the trim, not building the foundation. And this class needs the foundation built. So it's not the finishing touches. You are just getting started on the construction. And uh, that's a, I mean, that's a problem to me, but I, I agree with you and that the way you worded it would have been much better than the disingenuous way that Clay Helton said it uh, in his statement. This is from Jack in New Jersey. Uh, writing to you guys is now more therapeutic than fun. I have been barraged today with emails from my friends who are Notre Dame fans. And out here in New Jersey, that's a lot. They are laughing their butts off. This is so humili- humiliating. Jack in New Jersey. I feel you, Jack. Uh, yeah. that's Who's the happiest about this decision? All of USC's opponents. And especially the rivals, Notre Dame and UCLA. If you would have asked UCLA fans or Notre Dame fans, hey, what uh, would you rather USC keep Clay Helton? They would all say yes. If you said, oh, would you rather USC get an Urban Meyer? They would all say no. We don't want to get our asses kicked for the next 10 years, which that's how it would go. So, yes, I'm sorry. I wish I could help you more, but that's just kind of the way. Um, that's the way it is, I guess. Uh, Don, he says, uh, sorry, no more tickets. No more donations since the 90s. He's given. He said he's given over $250,000 since the 90s. No more Harrell. He's gone. Uh, we don't know that yet. No more four or five star recruits. Maybe one or two. No more major bowls. Stop listening to Helton over a year ago. This last one is most difficult. No more USCFootball.com. No real football to talk about now, Don. Well, Don, you can still hang around. We'll still be talking about it. We'll do our best. We are trying to, you know, I don't want to say it's fight the good fight, but we're not going to just say, "Oh, that's that's fine." USC's doing what USC does. We try to point out where their mistakes were made and let people know. And I, I feel like we can make a difference sometimes, you know, is for what we're doing. So we're going to still keep rolling along. Um, hopefully, you stick around with us and uh, see this through. We'll see how it goes. Uh, another Don wrote in for twenty million. Ryan. Why the concern about giving Helton an opportunity to find another job? He is getting twenty million freaking dollars to leave. I doubt he is desperate for another job immediately. I believe Helton, since the beginning, has been more concerned about his job security than success with the program. Coach O is a prime example. He brought John Robinson aboard. Coach Hyde mentioned many times the abundant resources for Helton to reach out, such as Norm Chow. I am sure there were many others. Helton is a Uh, in his private moments, knew that bringing in outside consultants would expose his many weaknesses. Helton is, and always has been, about his job security first and success of the program second, maybe third. This is why I've always doubted his integrity, honesty, and Mr. Nice Guy persona. Hopefully, Helton will be fired before the next podcast and we can all say, how much fun was that? So I think he sent this in before he was uh, retained. I I don't know if you're going to say his focus is job security uh, over success of the program. I do think, though, it's a big focus for him is the job security and the fact that he's been able to survive year after year when, you know, one, so yeah, you know, I like Clay just to say, I don't think, you know, people that say he's not a nice guy, he is a nice guy. He's a genuine nice person. But, and I, I and I've said this to his face where you, you know, his resume did not match up with the kind, the status of the USC head coaching job. So one, you got the job as a reach. Two, now for the last two seasons, you've retained the job as a huge reach. Like normal circumstances, you would have been fired. And it's not like, you know, for Chip Kelly, you have a bad year. He has this track record where you're like, well, we kind of have to give him the benefit of the doubt because what if he turns Chip Kelly around again and, and it looks like Oregon? Clayton doesn't have that. He didn't have the benefit of the doubt for well, he won there. there. no, he did win there. this he's just been at USC. So he got the job with uh, you know, credentials that really were not up to snuff. and then he's kept the job twice now when he shouldn't. So yeah, it's it's a crazy situation and it could almost only happen at USC. We had uh, a Nick wrote in too. He said, whatever happened to Lanny Julius, uh, man, I love his recruiting breakdowns A show with uh, Lanny Martinez. And a coach talking recruits and recruiting would be great. Keep up the great work, Ryan. Uh, best regards, Nick. So, Landon Julius was an old NFL scout, uh, college scout, huge into USC recruiting, huge into um, college recruiting in general. He used to work in uh, – he, he did NFL stuff, but he also worked in college as uh, as coaches, as a coach and a recruiter, and he had a wealth of knowledge. Very strange individual. I, I'm sorry, I lost touch with him. Uh, he – I don't know if anyone knows you, you want to write in, if you've heard from Lanny or know where uh, Lanny is. Um, I, someone told me they thought he passed away, but I never got really any kind of confirmation or anything like that. So um, thanks for the, the concern there. And uh, yeah, if, if anyone knows where Lanny is, if he's still around, please let me know. Cause he was fun to have on, but it's been years since we've had him on. I mean, it's, it's over 10 years. I bet I, I would think, man, I, I guess I'm old. Okay, well, let's wrap things up. Uh, Thanks so much to uh, John Wilner for coming on the program, and hopefully you guys learned some from that. Thanks for all the questions that you guys have sent in. Good stuff uh, from all the fans. So enjoy the weekend. Should be some fun college football. We'll find out on Sunday where USC goes bowling. This is Ryan Abraham, Peristyle Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.